Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's going on? How's it going? Where are we at? How was the day yesterday? What's everyone doing today? Are you home? Is there leftovers? Is it? Is this Boxing Day? How does it work? I don't know. I'm recording this ahead of time, so I'm not completely in the loop of what happened in real time yesterday, but I assume that the entire Midwest is now under a sheet of ice and people are chipping out of their homes, almost like people's coming out from under a, a uh, frozen lake. And they're finding a way to uh, steal snow plows and tractors and the proper shoes with the spikes on them just to, uh, to, to climb up and out of their homes today. That's, that's what I'm assuming. Maybe I'm wrong. Today, I talked to Courtney Love. How did this happen? Well, she's managed by my friend, John Daniel, who she refers to a lot. I'll preface this. I have to give you somewhat of a, a, a key to the episode. Um, I've been kind of talking to John about it for a while. Maybe I could talk to Courtney if she wants to talk. You know, it might be interesting to talk to her. She's a live wire. She's got a lot of history. She's a force of nature. Maybe we can make this happen. So when I went to London, you know, he said she's in London and uh, she's living there. I think she plans to stay there. She's been working on a new album there. And John reached out to her and she said, okay, okay. So I didn't, uh, I didn't know what to expect. I'd never met her before. Certainly, we all know Courtney. I mean, she's a mythic being, really. So I never met her before. She came up to my room and just started going. Now, her brain is on fire. And it just goes from one thought to the next very quickly, not necessarily in a straight line. And uh, sometimes it comes around. Uh, yeah, and, and sometimes it's just, it is what it is. Now... I guess the reason I'm telling you all this is that I'm minimally involved in this conversation. And I would never really set up an episode like this, but this is the way it was. There was no, you know, it was just, I'm just kind of there and she's, uh, and I'm, I'm moving it along a bit, but not much. So I just let her go. So look forward to that ride that will happen shortly. Uh, also, we're doing an Ask Mark Anything episode for Full Marin subscribers next week. If you want to submit a question, go to the episode description and click on the link. You can do it right now while you're listening and you don't even have to press pause. So the experience of meeting Courtney and talking to Courtney was 
was really something. She showed up and just you know right out of the gate, going man, we're 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 in Courtney speed, and we she went on and on, and it was great. And and then she was gone, and she left several items. She left a bracelet, some rings somehow. I don't know how she was losing things. There was a lot of stuff involved. She left a bag, brought me a bag with some presents. She left some, I think there might have been a hat involved. I'm not sure, but I do know that I had to text and say, there's a lot of Courtney left behind here. Uh, does anyone, what are we doing with this, Courtney? I texted her, and she sent her person over. I, things were just falling off her, I guess. Uh, maybe that's just the way she is. I don't know if, who's had an experience with Courtney, but when she leaves, is there usually articles of stuff like a shoelace, a ring? I, I, things must have just been, you know, falling off her. I don't know, but she got them all back, and she gave me a nice shirt, and uh, it was all very exciting. It was, it was a, it was a high point of the trip to London, and you're, you're going to hear it. So, as we move into the new year, be grateful. We're all grateful, right? We're all grateful. It's the holiday season. Maybe things will. Be okay for a minute. Yeah, be grateful. We're doing a new show on the day after Christmas. How often? We always do. We're always, we're doing our shows Monday and Thursday, no matter what. So this is this. But uh, I'm in the process of cleaning out, of cleaning house, both mentally and physically. I've, I've started to go through the basement. I've gone through the office. I just cannot, I don't know where it all comes from, but it's time. It's Some stuff is going for good. But I don't know what you do with this stuff after a certain point. Like there was this hope, you know, there are just boxes of hopes, things that need finishing, of things that need cataloging, of things that need sorting. But you get to a certain age, you know, I'm 59, I'm going to be 60. It's like sort for what? Catalog for who? You, you know, stat, you know, what am I going to do with this shit? I've got a box of Betamax tapes, VHS tapes. I've got a box of DAT tapes. I've got a box of cassette tapes, all stuff from me evolving as a comic. Some of it on television, some of it in clubs, some of it just from a handheld Walkman that I used to record with. But who fucking cares, man? I mean, it's not like, you know, there's all kinds of gems there. There was this idea, maybe I'll digitize all these two, all these old club videos or these old TV appearances. Most of them are on WTFpod.com in the video section anyways, but there was this idea that maybe some of this club stuff that I was doing way back, that I paid a guy to tape me. I think the, guy was, the guy's name was Wayne or somebody. Waving Wayne's videos. He used to do, a, you could pay him to tape you at a club in Boston. I think that was his name. I got a few of those from probably the late 80s. Huh? Who needs that? How really? How many hardcore fans that I have? Who really gives a shit about my work that much? That if I start digitizing those VHSs, there will be a, a, a core group of people that are just like, "We got it, man! Finally, the Lost Marin shit before from before he was really good." I'm not fucking Bob Dylan. I got to scrap it, man. I got fucking writing in boxes from high school, you know, like poems and stuff. Who cares? I'm not, I guess maybe, maybe I can, you know, box it up and call it, uh, you know, the papers and, and get some, some college to take it. Maybe, maybe Boston University, my alma mater will, will take my papers and then, and catalog them in the library, my tapes and papers and post-its and pictures. What am I going to do with it? I go to bed every night not knowing whether or not I'm going to live through the night. I don't know why. House collapse, heart collapse, things happen. And all I think is like, what, what's going to happen with all this shit? 
then Kit's like, what, what's, am I taking care of your cats if you die? And I'm like, what is that? Are we, is that, is that a proposal? That kind of stuck in my craw and I'm like, well, who does get the poor cats? And then that's just a constant sort of source of weird heartbreak if I want to tap into it. But I think the plan is get rid of the stuff, get rid of it. If, if what's that old saying? If you haven't looked at it in a year, throw it away. How about if you haven't looked at it in five? How about if you haven't looked at it in 10? I got file boxes of stuff that, I, you know, like tax stuff and shit. You don't even need to save that shit anymore. It's like, it's just becomes when, you know, is this the final thing I'm going to do? When am I going to throw this shit away? Do I want to leave it to other people after I fucking kick it? Like, good luck with everything. Get some bags. Get some bags. Just start loading up those old VHSs into bags. Dump all that high school poetry right in the bag. Take, take the body. Throw Mark in a bag and put him on a stack with all his shit on the recycle truck. Yeah, that's how I want to go. I just want to be bagged with my stuff and thrown on a truck and taken to the fucking dump. Huh? That seems a little heinous. I think I'd, I'd rather be burned up. Burn me up. Scatter me on the dump with all my stuff. Burn me up and uh, divvy me up. I don't know. It's getting morbid as we enter the new year. The point is, I'm throwing shit away, people. It's all going. It's all going. As I'm speaking to you right now, it wasn't when I recorded it, but I, I am uh, visiting my father. I'll let you know how that goes. I do hope that uh, all of you had a a good time with the presents. I hope you got a fun present. I hope that you know the people in the Midwest are able to uh, get out of their homes somehow. I hope I'm wrong about that. <laughs> I really do. Uh, I will let you know what's happening. And I and I do want to, again, preface this talk uh, that you're about to hear with. Merry Christmas, man. Happy Hanukkah. Here comes the new year. Throw it away. Here comes the new year. Get rid of it. That's the saying. Here comes the new year. Bag it up. Take it to the curb. It's almost New Year's. Anything you don't need, give it away to somebody who could use it or bag it up. Happy New Year. Bag it up. Throw that shit away already. No one cares, man. Your legacy is not in that box. Your legacy is not in that box. That stack is not all you're leaving to the world. No one cares about your notebooks from 1982. All right? Let it go, man. Let it go. There's more, You've left, I'm talking to myself right now, you've left hours and hours of conversations of actual comedy that's available throw away the small notepad from 1984 that's only has four pages with writing on it that you can't read let that go let it go man happy new year bag it up so listen courtney love uh is about to talk it's gonna happen now there are a few names in the talk that come up a bunch that aren't really identified. I'll, I'll, JD, I'm going to give you the key now. JD is Jonathan Daniel. He's a music manager and founder of Crush Music and a personal friend of mine. I uh, believe he's been to both of my weddings. Yeah, that's, that's a close friend. Made it through one and said, this isn't going to work out. And then came to the second uh, in my backyard and said, why, why are we the only people here? Yeah. So JD is John Daniel. Milos is Milos Foreman, director of... The People versus Larry Flint, 
and Man on the Moon, two movies Courtney was in. And, you know, this is it. Grab hold. Uh, it was it was intense sitting across from her. Um, but is you know, these are these are once in a lifetime experiences, people. Once in a lifetime experiences I'm having, and I'm grateful for it. I don't hang out with anybody after the fact. These aren't uh, the the building blocks of friendships necessarily, but I have these experiences. I have these conversations, and this is me. Um, Listening to Courtney Love. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcast. I've just gotten gone through some oral surgery, so there's. I just came to the dentist. I'm like, you gotta fix this lisp, because my uh, my 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 co-writer threw me out of the studio the other day. Yeah, he's fixed it some. Is he gonna fix it? And this it? morning on my YouTube, there's something in the pandemic happened where YouTube's ended up on our TVs. Yeah, and, it, and I delete it and it comes yeah. back. Yeah, it was Joe Rogan, and I don't mind him. Uh, I don't like him. I don't, I don't hate him. Yeah, uh, and Anthony. Yeah, and you know I've known Anthony a very very long time, and um, Anthony Kiedis. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's always had a lisp. Yeah. And in fourth form in New Zealand, I had a lisp. Yeah. And they teach you to put your T's together. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I'm just going to go with the lisp. I mean, Anthony's had it forever. So I have a little it. bit of a lisp. You do? Yeah, because yeah. I never was taught to uh, do S's properly or L's. I was in fourth form. Yeah. Because I was doing Oliver Twist, and I was really good at it. And so they, in New Zealand, yeah. and, and they sent me to a guy. But, but when you get your teeth all fucked with, because... Because, you know, that's the bill when you're paying the, you know, I'm, I'm, I got five years recovery. Oh, no. When the teeth Here comes go. the waiter. Yeah. The body, uh, the body, the body keeps score, bitch. Isn't that right? Yeah. Serenity. This yeah. is great. Yeah. I got this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I'm awake for the decay. Uh, yeah. And then I got really sick. Like, I, like, no one in my family, like, they're mean. They're fat. They're yeah. college educated by me. Yeah. And by that, I mean like Vassar, I think Berkeley. Yeah. No, my lawyer sister, she paid for herself, NYU Stanford. But, um, you know, they're, they're <laughs> yeah, they're all healthy though. Yeah. They're mean. Yeah. No one talks to anybody. Yeah. No, I have one nice sister in La Jolla. You know, my mother, it's, it's real hard with like, I've been doing a lot of therapy for like seven years now. Here? No, in LA. Yeah. I have my guy from LA. Oh, so you do the Zoom? Out. But he's Lacanian. Yeah. How does that work? Incredibly, but like, what's the process? I don't know. It oh. just works. Like, but it, what's the talk? Is it like well, experiential? Like everything from uh, super spiritual because there's a lot of young in there. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of Freud in there, which you have to reassess the shamanism. Like, if you're raised like me, West Coast, 
Antifa. My family literally thinks they're Antifa. Like yeah. there, if there is an Antifa, is there, they are. So they just change the names of what they are for whatever well, for instance, progressive like, radicalism you, you, evolves. Well, get, yeah, hippie right. trail, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Mother, you know, really wealthy, wealthy family. Yeah. Um, and uh, she was adopted by. And father, um, who have done all this positive transference now, even though, you know, the behavior's <laughs> unforgivable. Yeah. But, you know, he made LSD. And so. He did. He did. He tried to be the, the Timothy Leary of the West Coast. But he was sort of involved with that whole circle, right? He was. The, yeah. His yeah. roommate at, in, in Palo Alto was Phil Lush. Yeah. He managed the warlocks. He actually yeah. did do that because he had custody taken from from him um for for giving me lsd so when you were a baby yeah yeah which i kind of think uh you know with the reassessment of psychedelics was probably an amazing thing maybe well he always said it was he said <laughs> i did it to make you a superior human um so then it worked no it did not work between me and hank but positive <laughs> transference is where you take all the crazy shit your parents did yeah and you just stop being attached to it's kind of like radical forgiveness which sounds like submissiveness but all it means is like okay i got 800 million dollars stolen from me these assholes did it and it doesn't bug me anymore right so moving on well, that's right? yeah well yeah it's, it's sort of like uh yeah why live in the the trauma of it or the anger of it yeah that's why when my my forever crush bradley whitford was on yeah and that thing about his uh where he shared about what happened to him in sixth grade with right. the, the, the teacher and the yeah. romance of it yeah and yeah um, I love, first of all, I love that you guys like we're fucking laughing about it. And Bradley Whitford, you know, I remember um, Sorkin told me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to say I dated someone because I've never gone on a date in I don't, my life. I don't know that I've gone on a date either. I went on a date with Salman Rushdie to the Moth Festival. How'd that go? Well, I was just trying to stop Jonathan Franzen to find my grandmother, having never read the corrections to this day. Yeah, I don't read modern fiction. Well, why? Why were you because stalking him? Because I could him to smell do? my grandmother. I'd met my grandmother because she was a novelist. Yeah, yeah. She got famous in her sixties, right? Because of Franzen and Foster Wallace. Oh, they championed her? Iowa writers. Yeah, this bitch is the greatest writer since Updike. Yada yada. Yeah. And then she was married to Mort Greenberg, whose brother was Clement Greenberg, the greatest the American art critic. Art critic. Yes. Yeah. So when I really want to freak people out, yeah, because I've got I do my DNA, I've got lots of Ashkenazi, but do you? Yeah, not the- from the Greenbergs, but I said just Julian Schnabel once. So I'm like, yeah, Clement Greenberg is my great uncle. He he's like, wait, you're Jew royalty from Brooklyn? I'm like, yeah, sure, by, why not? by marriage, but yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Schnabel was like, Clements used to come and like cut my can. Wait, you're what? Yeah, you know, I think in rock and roll, presenting in the old, like in the in back in the day, just going doing the Dylan thing and just presenting as from the trailer park, it just was easier for you. Yeah, it was easy for anybody. How long you been here? Well, I ran. Yeah, from. LA and defamation by lawsuit and which one which lawsuit the 10,000 of them yes okay all in service of getting cursed publishing and so here a yeah I've only dated one rich guy Mm. that I have gone out with some rich guys but that was more for food yeah this one I actually was super in love with and he not that he was asking, but I'd have married him. Yeah. And he's still like one of my very best friends, but he had a hotel here. Yeah. And like, so he had a hotel. Right. And all the guys I was, even though I was in recovery, all the guys I was writing songs with were like hunting for beats or 
Selena Gomez or JD called it like the other industry. He goes like that shit's like Bieber. That shit's like like it's like pro tennis. And and I was like, I think pro tennis has a little more integrity, maybe more sure. than pro wrestling. But um, anyway, no one was. I couldn't even like. You good just writers. wanted to make a rock record, a rock no, record. It's not rock. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a magnum opus because I haven't made a record in twelve years. The so one I, you're working on now. The one I'm yeah. about to finish. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I think I think song twelve is is in. Yeah, because I threw four. I've been slow. Like yeah. my guy's slow. He wrote. I've written, I've written with two guys. Um, one wrote a lot of Born to Die with Lana, including video games. Yeah, and you know, they, even when they are they are chasing beats or they are they do want to write for Selena Gomez. Secretly, they all love Radiohead and yeah. or Coldplay even. Sure, which is like. Okay, first three <laughs> albums, and then I like Chris. But secretly, yeah. they have they they can't help it. Even like the um, the drill here, like the the, the which is like a, a genre of, of hip hop that I actually really like. Yeah, because it's melodic. It's almost like Joy Division. Yeah, do gangster rap. Yeah, there, there's just all these like minor sevenths and like depressing things in drill. It started yeah. in Chicago, but I like the UK drill. Um, but um, yeah, no, they, there has to be a melody, a sure. verse and a chorus yeah. and a verse. So it's not rock because people aren't really doing rock anymore, but it's, um, yeah, you'll hear it. I guess that's true. Rock's not a thing. Although- Does that were, bother you? No, not really. No, I mean, it is weird to not be in a band. And we did write two fucked up guitar songs. Yeah. Uh, there was one, this guy named Anthony Rosamondo, who's like, a, you know, came here during the kills and libertines and uh -huh. um, got clean. And nine months later, won an Oscar for the shallows from the Gaga movie. Like, yeah, yeah. It, that's a good narrative, right? Sure. Uh, that like, so we, like, he's, a, he's a pro band guy. Yeah. And I've been in bands most of my life. And Justin, he's been in a band, but not like me and Anthony. Yeah. Anthony's just the guy you want in your band, right? Sure. And, uh, Anyway, the three of us, like, we all realized that we all love the Pixies from all different points of view. And we wrote this one song called, during, during Amber Johnny, uh, called Kill Fuck Mary. And uh, it's fucking great. It's a rock song. It's going to be and on I'm the record? I'm open with that. Oh, good. It's kind of a tease. And then we wrote a secret song that we can't put on because it's only two minutes and 24 seconds. But it's a rock song. Yeah. But it was swallowed. Why can't you put it in? Because it's called Justice for Kurt. <laughs> and it's great. But, like... We're like, okay, they're too stupid. It would swallow the entire narrative. Rock does not stream. In fact, I had breakfast. It would swallow the entire narrative at it's, it's not worth it. It's 224. Right. It's an earworm and a half. Right. Okay. Yeah. If I'm going to write a fucking song called Justice for Kurt, it's going to be a fucking earworm. Right. But I am not putting it on that record to ruin my record. Right. right? Like, they need I, Kurt I ruining I, more of my shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Love you, but no. Thank you. Um, <laughs> what else did he ruin? He ruined, I ruined my daughter. Like he, he's a ruiner, the poor fucking guy. <laughs> First of all, he only lived 27 years. Right. 30 years ago. Right. Okay, so A, yeah. I'm not. My daughter's not. I'm not a professional. JD does it. Yeah. I'm so relieved. Your manager, my friend. I, yeah. 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 Why I'm here today. Yes. Yeah. Friend of JD's, friend of Love mine. Love him. Right? I mean, love him. Love that him. motherfucker, love him. Yeah. He's done something I've never seen happen. I mean, yeah. I've had a lot of managers, and in fact, I had yeah. a one pair of honest ones yeah. once, Cliff and Peter from Q Prime, right. who I will always be fond of because they did not steal. So They work you like a motherfucker. Right. But what JD's built, he's done it ethically. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't steal. He's a straight guy. And also, he didn't want any chicks in yeah. 09 when I started stalking him. Yeah. And I'm like, I promise you, I don't know what I'm going to promise you, yeah. but just take a shot. 
And he did. Well, he appreciates you. I think I'm the fine art in the lobby at Crush, though, because like everyone's got mezcal and a coffee thing and you know, wine and yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, my shit's You're coming. the real coming deal. next year. Coming Good. next year. Well, so wait, tell me about this uh, Kurt the Ruiner business. Kurt the Ruiner, uh, just everything. Like, um, I'll give you a good example. Yeah. No one. Here's some secret Hollywood, actually. Yeah. This story involves Brad Pitt, what I was about to tell you. Here's the first yeah. time Kurt was the ruiner. Yeah. Like, oh, there were times I just didn't understand about before. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he died. Yeah. And obviously, and by the way, it's still percolating that I'm this, um, you know, psychopath that, you know, killed him. Um, Let me ask you like, a specific question can about- we get to the Brad Pitt, Kurt the ruiner bit? You do after it. No, you go first. Okay. Well, no, it's just that, you know, that whole situation where, you know, which was almost like a- a, no, foresh- it's still a, a foreshadow- it's foreshadowing. Still, it's gone on to Gen Z. But it became the whole it. culture. You know, that Cottage kind of like, industry, you know, yeah. but, but because you were a woman, because you were, you, you know, I married know. to Kurt. No, you know, I've seen it. No, I've I'm seen it. I'm a loud it. bitch. Who but I've seen like they came down on you. And just, they still do it. I have to see justice for Kerr. Kerr was murdered. If I I don't go online, but when I do, my daughter has to see that too. So how do you ma- how do you manage that shit? I don't know. You, you know? just deal. I just deal. I wrote the song, but I can't put the song on the record. Well, can't you release it as a separate single? We'll put it out like eight months after the hoo ha. The other the other songs are way too good to ruin it with two minutes of twenty four seconds of me being sassy. You know. Yeah, but no you more. just but in terms of your mental disposition, you just have figured out a way to compartmentalize you know that what? shit. What do we say? What do we say? Yeah. God doesn't give you what you can't handle. Okay. <laughs> yeah, God does not hand out what you can't. Right, right. So whatever my karmic lineage was, okay, um, I brought it into this life. Family scapegoat, often scapegoat, but always teacher's pet. So, you know, back to Kurt the Ruiner. Just, okay, A, yeah. I'm patient zero for gaslighting and getting some publishing off of me. And now it's tulip mania. So, like, my friend Ralph Samanda, who wrote th- that song, uh, The Shallows, right? Got yeah. clean about the song. Robson yeah. has publishing. Daga yeah. has publishing. Brad Cooper has Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Has, but he told me, like, dude, I was in Eagle Rock. I, like, I was at a party. No one knows. I'm not famous. Like five tech bros. Oh, I'll give you 25 years and no capital gains. Like this Tulip Mania buying songs. So I was a full target to get Kurt's publishing from day one without even knowing. You have it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I got gaslit into selling 25%. Uh-huh. And it will never, ever, 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 no one's ever getting near us again on that. Uh-huh. You have an apple orchard and every year it grows apples. Yeah. And you get to keep that apple orchard in copyright land for I think 80 years. Was that before you hooked up with JD? The 25%? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't know if that No, happened. he wouldn't allow that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, he wouldn't yeah. allow that. But, it, you know, who did it? It's so banal. It was like our, a lawyer that all us hipsters know. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. who did it? Like, when you, there's flashy people involved. There's, you know, you can get so invested in it. You know, what Kanye is going through right now is really about money. And we're not getting into that here. But, um, you know, it's in my rear view. It's about money and Jews. <laughs> it, well, I think Kanye's doing it all wrong. Yeah. And I had a little one-on-one with him last week and I, I made two new rules. Can you communicate with him? Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't listen to a fucking word I said. Mm. But A, that's where female privilege comes in. Mm. Because if you're on the outside looking in, if you've been scapegoated, if you've been like the most hated woman in America, yeah. which is a thing I've been, um, and again, karmic lineage, but also Milos, teacher's pet, don't yeah. ever underestimate me too much. Yeah. What's that thing Gaga said? About Cooper, uh, you know, you'll be in a room with 100 people and one will see you. Me, it's more like 10,000. Yeah. But one. I'll get the one. I'll get the JD. Yeah. I'll get the Todd Phillips. Yeah. I'll get the Milos Foreman. Yeah. 
because yeah, no, always I always had teacher's pet as an archetype that I lived young. Yeah, family scapegoat, teacher's pet. I didn't know celebrities. I didn't know we were supposed to be likable. Right. I I didn't know I didn't have any interest in being likable. Yeah. And so I made this new rule after con- like this Kanye exhausting thing. Listen, I just tried to give him some input on What'd where you, real power what? was. Yeah. Um, What'd you tell him? I told, well, I dated a guy named Edward Norton. Yeah, I know. And Edward yeah. Norton's family, uh, our, our class chasm was massive. And yeah. I didn't really realize how massive. Like he was born oh, he into comes a, from... a, phil- no, but a philanthropic family. Mm. So do you watch Succession at like all? Like old money, like big money, like what does that no, mean? No, self-made grandpa. Mm. But on the, on the Norton side, mm. yes, he's Edward. He would not say, he's Edward Seneca Norton, but there's Edward Harrison Norton, six of them. And then he's Edward Seneca Norton. Yeah. So there's seven, right? Yeah. All Yale. Yeah. But on the Grandpa and Rouse side, Grandpa Rouse loved me, by the way. Yeah. Grandpa Rouse uh, had got made it on the cover of Time Magazine, two, two times Man of the Year. This is Edward's grandpa. Edward's Grandpa yeah. Rouse, yeah. Who beat leukemia like three times. Wow. And when he brought me home, Grandpa Rouse was like, I love her. <laughs> they always try and get the nail that's above the... You know, I kind of would have I would have dated Grandpa Rouse. Actually, yeah. it would have been better. Kind of cla- the class chasm yeah. between us was massive. Sure, he was born into a philanthropic billionaire family. Right. Okay, but I, I won our biggest fight. Me and Norton's biggest fight. So his grandpa built a, a model town. He hated the Kushners because the Kushners, if you ever watched The Wire, that's what Baltimore housing is like. And that's the Kushners being slumlords. And James Rouse was like, fuck that. He invented the like outdoor shopping mall. So like uh, Philil, South Peace Street Seaport, yeah. Pike Street. Yeah. That was his first time cover. Yeah. His second time cover was, fuck this. I don't want this to be Baltimore. And serious virtue yeah okay so you ever watch succession yeah okay there's a, a one one episode called turf haven where the logan family kind of a hipster mordor murdoch are going to buy the pbs um yeah, yeah, sort of right. myt owning pierce family sure. yeah i want i scream i think that would have been me I'd have been Nan Pierce. So, you know, I could have been the matriarch and all the kids around the neighborhood would have looked up at the, at the tiara and the slip dress and go, ooh, you know who Mrs. Norton was? She used to be Courtney Love. <laughs> what? So Edward was like, because he came from that money, his father yeah. had been a, a really proper- Do you regret not being that person? I'd only have married one guy that, I have not that I mentioned the rich one. No, that's it. Uh, not Edward. Yeah, yeah. We we just had too much. So, housing. what about? Lynn. I want to know how this informed what you told Kanye. Whoa, what I told Kanye because he had dinner with the Kushners, right? And I'm like, with Jared's no. dad, and he had dinner and with brother. Jared yeah. and uh, and Ivanka. Yeah, yeah. This was in the Tucker Carlson outtake, which I just watched. Okay, wasn't they mainly the stupid word salad because he thinks he's going to be safe over at MAGA. Yeah, you know what he's listen. My job doesn't involve being male yeah. and it doesn't involve flexing about how much money I have. In right. fact, the opposite. Yeah. I don't have much. Yeah. I use my sister's credit line. Like yeah. <laughs> my rich lawyer sister. I honestly do. I do. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, and also there's kids and like, you know, I like Kim. You know, yeah. I've known her since she was 16. She's yeah. like, I like a girl that gets what she wants and yeah. is happy with it. Yeah. But, you know, eat the world and the, the more thing and, yeah. and getting out of America and like having perspective like yeah, yeah there's a thing called enough right I don't need yeah. to eat the world I know isn't there a thing called enough I don't need a enough? fucking fucking startup yeah I don't need a building I don't know where they get the fucking I don't need a second home yeah. like yeah. I, you know you, you got your Canadian green card yeah I'm not maybe, coming back maybe hopefully I'm not coming back <laughs> you're not I'll pay taxes here yeah so you told what'd you tell him which one Kanye yeah I said to go have dinner with the Rouses okay 
The Democrat. Yeah. The Democrat power. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Oh, so anyway, at the dinner with the Kushners, Kanye's relating it, and basically... Carly Kloss's husband, the quote, good yeah. Kushner, right. who I've never met, but allegedly, yeah. uh, says to him that he owns a third of Skims. Kim Skims. Yeah. Kanye's furious. Well, yeah. of course he is. You know? <laughs> oh, but I mean, that you know, all, like, my friend, I have a lot of good Democrat Eastern Seaboard yeah. friends who don't get it. Like, he's gone over the line. No, you yeah. guys, he just... He doesn't. He doesn't have female privilege. He yeah. doesn't know how to downsize. He doesn't know how to cut and run. You know, it's going to end. I don't think well for him. I understand what he's going through, but it's it, the way he's doing it. Yeah. So okay. So now we go from. Can we go back to class separation? I don't want to talk about Kanye anymore. No, we don't need to. My, but my rule last week, I got a flare. Yeah. And I made two new rules. Yeah. One is. Yeah. I get one dollar in physical energy a day. Yeah. I am not giving you twenty thousand. Yeah. For your madness. Yeah. Or two hundred to present you an award. I'm yeah. going to give that money to me to enrich my life, and hopefully that of other people and be of service. That's my dollar. All right. That's rule one. Rule two: If you don't, if you wouldn't ask Nick Cave. Don't ask me. Yeah. That's my other rule. Okay, I like good, it. Those are two good yeah, rules, right? Yeah. 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 Right. Biggest fight with Edward. We fought a lot. Yeah. Uh, biggest fight. So his grandfather built a classless town, a, a model town called Columbia, Maryland. Yeah. And it's beautifully done. And um, we were, we're it's, it's the middle class and the lower middle class and the working class and yeah. the rich and they all, there's no difference and they all live in the harmony together. How'd that work out? Well, it works out great in Columbia, but the fight was, I was like, well, let's go to the mall right over the road. And it it was all these fucked up goth girls and they mobbed me yeah. which made him mad right <laughs> and not proud of yeah i'm like no it didn't quite work if, if by the way edward if you're scooting into the fry uh, three ways to go play uh pool then yeah. you know whatever looking for the darkness yeah um but then the fight was <laughs> it's, it's sad the when car, they have to look right after it, right? we leave the goth girls that yeah. have just mobbed me in yeah. the car yeah he goes you know what you and keith richards did took a lot of risk but what i did which is not being the president of the united states took more and i'm like fucking okay whatever yeah. so cut to the first time kirk gets used as a chit now i'm in this movie star world i'm turning down I this hate, after after the after Milos, right? yeah, yeah, after the yeah. first one yeah and i hated when mickey Rourke got nominated and he went through his pass list and this was a great rule of edwards actually it you didn't pass unless the lawyers called the lawyers yeah and A and B, you shouldn't talk about it. It's unseemly. Yeah. But the one I am going to tell you about, uh, I passed on everything. Yeah. I, I just didn't. Uh, one was a, involved a bunch of crazy girls, and I was like, they're just exploiting your persona. He was as naive as I was. At one Who? point, Edward. Yeah. You know, sure. he, he, he thought Anthony Minghella was going to wait two years for him for Cold Mountain and like Jude Law was in there like that, right? Yeah, like, sure. So, you know, we yeah. both had a lot of naivete and possibly entitlement. In different ways, yeah, right, right, and um, and uh, I, I mean, I adore him, but I adore his. We fought mostly about integrity. That was the big fight: hmm. integrity, 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 integrity for like four. Well, that's years. interesting because it's all it's all built on the Keith Richards idea. Well, no, and then and then something happened, and then I did want to do a movie, very much so, yeah. and I, fi- I finally figured out why I'm mad I didn't do that movie most of all. Because, you know, I, ha- I shared this with Drew Barrymore where hers happened when she was seven with Spielberg. No one's ever going to top Spielberg for her for E.T. Yeah. So she self-directed from then, right? Mine was 31 with Milos. Yeah. No one, that's a 900-pound gorilla. That man filled, you know, father, uncle, fr- best friend, brother. And one thing you and Bradley were talking about, I once saw him 
Barishnikov and Vasil Pavel having a cigar. Yeah. Okay, Milos's mother was killed in Auschwitz. His father was shot in front of him by the KGB. He and Vaslav, who went on to lead the Velvet Revolution and become yeah. the president, he and Vaslav were put in a gulag for two years hard labor as lunatics because they snuck into a KGB Ella Fitzgerald and they put on a slightly satirical play. Like, we don't know life. Yeah. We've not gotten through wartime. That's right. So, you know what? Like, Yet. Did your mom die at Auschwitz? Because mine nope. didn't. Okay. Nope. So, the rest is just candy. Sure. But this pissed me off anyway. So, um, I want Fight Club. I want Fight Club. It's from Portland. I bring it to, to Fincher. And this is the thing I'll never know. I'll never know. Like, yeah, because when Bradley was talking, I remember being at the Mercer. And I remember hearing the, the opening of Social Network. Yeah. And I can hear Trent. Right? Yeah. I can hear his, I'm in the bathroom. It's like Fashion Week in New York, but yeah. Social Network's on my TV. I can hear Sorkin's dialogue. Yeah. I peek out and I can see that it's David directing. Right? I was like, oh, three big men of my life. However, I don't think David thinks I'm a big woman of his life because here's what happened. David Fincher and me are the kind of people where a kind of a woman and a kind of a man who are terrified and angry at each other. Yeah. So. Just in mythologically? Just, just born that way, way yeah, right? Yeah. Terrified of me, Fincher. Yeah. And I'm terrified of him. Yeah. Just the, the male and the female of that, right? Yeah. And yet, we were kind of getting somewhere yeah. on Fight Club. And I was like, this is going to be cool to see if me and Fincher can do this. You know, 100 takes, this kind of military, heavy. It, so you I mean, guys were talking it through? No, I mean, I had this role of Marla yeah. uh, on, on Fight Club. Yeah. And uh, I get this phone call. I get the role. So the lawyers have called the lawyers. Like, yeah. this is my role. Yeah. And Janine Garofalo had a thing about two years ago. She's like, well, you know, Brad was like, Courtney's only getting it because of it. No, no, Janine, no. The lawyers called the lawyers. When you get paid, yeah. that's because you got, okay. And like, I think I might have brought it to David because it's a, it's a Portland book, but yeah. you put you on it. Anyway, so we'd done all these table reads. I'd gone and worked privately with David. And um, I get this phone call, and it's from Gus Van Zandt. And yeah. this is like 2099, and Gus is having lunch with Brad Pitt. And Gus says to me, and it's, like, it's gotta be on a landline. I mean, there's barely cell phones then, yeah. but like this happened. And um, Gus goes, hey, I'm here with Brad. We're talking about Brokeback Mountain. And this is like 10 years before that movie was yeah. made, and it was really an X-rated script in, yeah. in the old days. And Brad must have not been in the vicinity because he lowers his voice and goes, you know how he is about his sexuality. I'm like, okay, what is this called? What, this is lunch, right? Yeah. And then uh, his voice comes back up and he goes, Brad really wants to do a, a movie about music. And my thought was Chet Baker. He was 37 at the time, sure. Brad. And Gore, like, he was Zenith Brad, right? Yeah. Tyler Durden, Zenith Brad. And then, um, and then they both get on the phone. And it was like the hell mouth opened. Oh my God. We want to do it about Kurt. This is like 2000. No one's ever done this. Like, yeah. And 22 years later, I still kick myself for not having the shark instinct to be like, sure, and fuck him later. Right? Yeah, right. I went nuclear. You, I don't do Faust to the fuck you. Fuck. Yeah. Edward gets home. He starts sobbing. Yeah. He sobbed kind of a bit. His mother had just died. So, you know, he was very much allowed yeah but he was like i don't have the power well, i don't have the power yeah and my landline rang yeah at six yeah and it was david fincher yeah and, and i knew it was going to be him and i'm like don't 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 I've, i by the way god bless helen bonham carter she's a genius i've never seen that film um and yeah he fired me 
because it because got Because I wouldn't let Brad play Kurt. But then when I was talking, Todd Phillips was like, because I had to Zoom with Brad because now he wanted to produce Kurt, right? With Plan B. And that was 20. This was the Van Zandt movie? No, there never was one. There was no project. But I'm no, so dumb. I'm so dumb. They, I've been kicking myself for 22 years. Yeah, but didn't he make that one that was sort of supposed Gus to, did. Gus, Gus did. shit the bed. Yeah, that's that's Gus. That's a whole other story. So yeah. it was Gus and Brad. Yeah. But Brad's, you know, uh, my friend Cameron Crowe was like, I don't think he meant it as literally as it's become, but like Brad Pitt was put on this earth to stalk you for Kurt, which has been going on since 96. Like, yeah. True, really? True, yeah. Not in a... That, the 96 well, was in a fun way. Yeah. But, you know, like the, 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 the oh, uh, whenever Fight Club was. And then 2020, yeah, they wanted to produce it, Plan B, really bad. Yeah. And I had a Zoom with him here, and I, I stuck up for myself. And I said, um, listen, man, you know, I don't know that I trust you, and I don't know that your movies are for profit. They're really good social justice movies, but, you know, I think since he lost a lot of rosé, they, you know, might be uh, these days. But um, I was like, if you don't get me, you kind of don't un- get Kurt. And yeah. I don't feel like you do, Brad. And anyway, that was it. We left it at Zoom. What he wanted to do exactly? Produce it. Plan uh, B is his production. Yeah, but he, do, what, a biopic? Yeah, biopic. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Which is like something that we are going to do, but we'll do it with like Pam Abdi and Mike DeLuca because they know how to make a fucking movie. I just watched that. Do you, what do oh, you, th- you know what I texted him? I what? couldn't help it because I found out yeah. he had a side deal. With this guy, Toby, at, at, at uh, Warner Brothers, that no matter what I did, if it was at Warner Brothers, Plan B was going to get a piece of it. And, and then I went nuclear on him for the second time in my life. So this is, uh, this is a, a Kurt Ruiner story? Yeah, Kurt Ruining. <laughs> Kurt Ruining. Poor Kurt. And the other thing about Kurt is he only lived 27 years, so he never put a foot wrong. Like, you know, the diaries, everything, Brett, like he never, everything he said about the, you know, the oppressive white man, about feminism. She's a townie getting near these like really cool Marxist girls and at the college and like, you know, like, oh, I didn't want, I remember him telling me about losing his virginity. He's like, I didn't want to exploit her by putting my hand on, he never put it wrong. Never said a racist, never said a sexist, never said, you know, never, yeah. I just interviewed that guy, Brett Morgan. I love Brett Morgan. Did you like that doc? Oh, yeah. The Bowie? You no. Know, oh, Kurt. Yeah. yeah. Kurt, yeah. With Kurt, what I did with him is, again, I you know, I handed him the keys. And yeah. I said, I'll see you in four years. Right. And I didn't bother him. And you trusted him. Yeah. And the way that Milos right. trusted yeah. me. Yeah. You know, that's, there it is. You yeah. Know? And you thought Milos that was Milos trusted uh, me. Yeah. And, and when he would always tell the story, he'd say, I, I asked Courtney, Milos Foreman would say, yeah. I asked Courtney, will you give me your word you won't do drugs on this movie? And I did. Yeah, and I didn't do drugs on his movie, which isn't so great for twelve step. But anyone can white knuckle five months. People in twelve step are grown up. They know what's going on. Okay, and when you give your word, yeah, you know anyone can knuckle five months. Sure, right. So I I white knuckle five months, and I absolutely did not shoot a frame of that on any mood mind altering. So, so the idea that Kurt like got out, you know, without sullying himself because he. At 27. Yeah. But also, I've lived 30 years longer. I've had other loves. I've almost gone married twice. You know, like. How's Frances? She's really good. Uh, she's offline. Yeah. Uh, she left the overculture. She yeah. lives in a beach town. Yeah. Uh, she, at the, she skates. The overculture. The, Lana, Lana Del Rey gave me this word. Yeah. And I told it to Chris Rock, who's obsessed with it too. So yeah. the overculture is what we used to call the mainstream. Yeah. And Lana got it from like um, uh, Clarissa Eskis, you know, women who run with the wolves, whatever. Right. Jungian stuff. Yeah. The overculture is like, now when you get famous, it's a, you know, me, you and I are out. Like yeah. we're old. Like yeah. we, we have our stick and yeah. we're sticking with it. And you're right. going to Canada. Yeah. I'm here, right? Yeah. 
Nick Cave had, we all were out. But like some kid like Doja Cat or whatever, yeah. you know, it's a 360 degree. Like they see every up your panties, everything bad that you've ever said, that whole Chinese one person, one file. Like, yeah, the kids will know. Yeah. Like one thing I saw, there was a TikTok thing of mine. I had snapped about uh, in 1998 <laughs> regarding, yeah. you know, it was rock. It was, a, it was at the MTV Awards and someone was like, asking me, dragging me for wearing something nice to the Oscars. And I snapped and I said something really brilliant. And thousands of girls start lip syncing. We as females have thousands and thousands of years of fashion DNA. That's just what we do. If you have a chance to go to the Oscars and something nice, you would too. This is boomer, Bruce Springsteen, denim, rock, male critic bullshit. That was amazing, right? <laughs> like, I'm not on TikTok, but I saw it. I was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Now, what about some shitty f- stuff I said? Right. Going up's cute. Going down must suck, right? Yeah. Like, you know, right. 50, I've said some dumb things. Yeah. So, yeah, no, like, overculture where they're looking at all angles. Do you it. feel, are you? Rel- I'm offline. Yeah. If Nick Cave isn't doing it, I'm not doing it. Well, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I mean, I'm loud girl Nick Cave with more wings choruses. Right. But really. I mean, I do my thing, but I know that I'm aging out. And I'm fine. I am too. That's fine. Oh my God, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted to say though, like. But you know, that's a lot to do with recovery, you know? And, and one of the reasons I. It's hard to accept, but it maybe has something to do with recovery. But these people on P2E can... meth and this fentanyl shit, yeah. the rooms aren't ready for them. No, you no, know, it the twelve. And I have to go to another Joe and Charlie, which is great on the twelve steps. I'm in a twelve step program of yeah. recovery. In fact, I'm in one called Chronic Pain Anonymous, and yeah. that I was scared to go into. But yeah, I'm in a few. Yeah. But um, you know, another Joe and Charlie, like John Barleycorn and sugar and for- yeah. fermentation. Yeah. No, this shit is fucking people up. I think you know. I agree with Russell Brand that everybody needs a spiritual rebirth. Everybody. Yeah. You know, one thing about my religion is we pray twice a day. We actively pray. How does it twice work? A day. I have a like a mandala called the Gohanzan. Yeah, I've been doing it since '88. This is classic Namyoho Renge. Namyoho Renge, Nichiren Buddhism. But you, but, well, okay, you so, pray twice. So in my yeah. book on convalescence, it says go do a pilgrimage. Yeah, and I got a lot better. Yeah, like I'm here talking to you today. Sure. All my hair fell out. Uh, I was 92 pounds. When I was this? Died. 88. No, two years ago. Not even Holy fuck. 18 months ago. Yeah, I died almost. Like almost died. From what? Anemia. Oh, from for, from this genetic thing? No, from this, this not genetic. I think I gave it to myself by eating too much dairy. Because huh. <laughs> when I was like just doing Xanax all the time in LA, yeah. I just ate ice cream and cheese. It's not in my family. <laughs> like, yeah, I fucked my I fucked up my colon, bro. Like, fuck. But I I just want to th- I just want to say you know publicly, not that I'm the only person that knows this, obviously. But in the face of all the adversity around the Kurt the Runer and conspiracy Kurt. theaters, we love Kurt. Con- yeah, Kurt of course. But conspiracy theories and everything else is that you know the reason why you're undeniable is that you have the goods. We'll see with this record. <laughs> but I'm just saying. I know I have the goods with this next record. <laughs> yeah. I'm not interested in old so much. I mean, Dave Navarro called me and he had a 12-string version of Teenage Horror. And yeah. I'm like, I think I'll keep that. Yeah. You know, like. I'll, so it doesn't I'll go away, get out there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Teenage Horror. Yeah. And, you know, it says a lot to me. But then there's other things that I just, like, I killed Violet because JD's like, you sure you, you want it's with? kind of a hit? Yeah. And I'm like, the tr- there's two reasons. Yeah. I'm like, it doesn't fit the brand anymore. Yeah. And also, dude. If you want me to play Albert Hall yeah. and I sing Violet, the show's done. I'm old. My boy. And listen, Mark, when I sang it for the last time yeah. on film and, and yeah. the, my DP is 
Christopher Nolan's like second yeah. unit guy. Like he's incredible. What are you shooting? This is a doc. This was a shoot in Japan when I was shooting. I got stood in the end by a production company who shot my convalescence and shot my pilgrimage and shot me killing Violet. So we got all these kids, and it it, it looks better than Sophia's. Um, uh, place looks in, in Lost in Translation. Yeah. It's really an incredible karaoke place. But I'm like, okay, I'm singing Violet for the final time. Yeah. And as I sang it for the final time, I was like, shit, no wonder I scared people. I'm scary. <laughs> uh, whoa, because there's so much mojo coming out. And then my voice cracked a little. Because uh, I'm 58. Yeah. And like, I was like, go on. And I was like, whoa, can't control the note anymore. Mm. Well, shit, no wonder I scared people. Mm. Got a lot in me. Mm-hmm. Back then, mm-hmm. still do, yeah. but in a more moderate way. Yeah, yeah. With recovery, sure. Oh, and a little age, radical forgiveness. You're all forgiven. I'm not mad at anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God. When is this doc going to be out? Uh, okay, so someone pitched me a doc, uh, and I was like, I don't want to do a fancy BBC behind the music. So he's like, No, no I'll take it, take the take. You know, yeah. very big on yes. Yeah, take the meeting, and then took the meeting. Whatever. Anyway, this guy shot me. Uh, he's his name's Trevor Murphy, and he's one of my my old PAs, five Murphy brother, the DPs of Ireland. So yeah. if you're shooting in Ireland, Game of Thrones or Vikings, yeah. you're shooting with the Murphy brothers. Yeah. And he shot me, and he made me look really good. Yeah. And so I always knew he was going to be my DP. And then I kind of fell out with this chick, and he was like, "Hey, can I put myself forward?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Sure." And I said to my therapist, my Lacanian therapist. With four PhDs yeah. from Reed, yeah, Reed. which I know, I completely make fun of him about that. I'm like- Is that Oregon? Yeah. It's yeah. where Steve Jobs went and made yeah. it. But what, Hippie school. He, they make their own LSD. Yeah, yeah. But he's got one, he just sort of uh, threw, down, threw down, he has one on feminine sexuality. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, I didn't even know that he had that PhD. Sure. Then I said to Dr. M, I'm like, okay, give, because, oh, I'd seen the Nick Cave one that it was getting 20,000 yeah. days on earth that yeah. went like Telluride right. and blah, blah. And I love Nick Cave. I've loved Nick Cave since like his, before his Hollywood phase. Like, yeah. He's he was, here, right? He lives here, yeah. yeah. But I think he wants to live in Malibu. Oh, really? Yeah, he's doing an art collection with gonna, Brad. Like, Brad's, like, switched up. He's like, mm, you know, Grohl, not so much on brand anymore. I'm going to Nick Cave. Like, I'm like, oh, God, Brad, whatever, you leave me alone. Uh, California, LA's going to burn. There's I'm no out. water. I'm so glad There's I'm no, out. Like, why would you want to go there? Yeah. You know, actually, I saw Coldplay two years ago when they played here, and they only played one show at the Natural History Museum. I see, I like Chris Martin. I saw him after, and he goes, "Hey, you know," because I, when I grew up, I thought I was always going to live on, on Point Doom. Sure, right? Yeah. And he said, oh, "I'm like, how are you doing?" He's like, "Divorce Boys Row," and I start counting that street. It's Sean, who at that time was married Penn, who was married to kind of, I it wasn't going to work out. Neil Strauss, who I yeah. love, uh, Mike D. The guy from Snow Patrol, the guy from Muse, they're all, and then Streisand's at the end. And then I was like, I've never driven a car in my life. I don't know how to drive and I don't surf. Yeah. I'm staying here. <laughs> they got lost. Yeah. They they like a middle-aged broad. Yeah. They're gonna make one a queen. Yeah. Right? Like they they stand I mean, they're gonna make one a queen. Yeah. They, you know, would have been a super villain. Yeah. Right? And like I'm like, no, man, lost. They yeah. got lost. Four seasons. Yeah. 
They, and also excellence. Less and guns like excellence. to no guns. No, excellence. Yeah. They, they're really into, you can excel. Yeah. And also the discourse. So remember, you know, when I opened for Lana, if you ever want to be mortified, open for someone half your fucking age. And the only reason I did it was six shows so I could get back to the Hollywood Bowl because they were like, the one person we won't back have back is Courtney. So it was a, a spite thing, a closure? No, but also yeah. I, I met Lana who became an actual true great friend. And I, on the record, I would say that, and this is by no means putting away Stipe or, 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 or Bono or, or fucking Nick Cave, but Lana and Kurt are the only two true musical geniuses I've ever known. And by that, I mean they can Spielberg anything. So like gotta, Lana gotta, recites Howl. I got to dig in to Lana. Lana, you got it. You maybe won't be able to because you're a dude. But when Lana recites Ginsburg's Howl, I mean, I'm born four blocks away from City Lights. Like Howl is like, I know every line. Right? Sure. She feminizes Howl in this kind of Marilyn-esque voice with like, you know, Antonoff playing, you know, a spoken fucking word, not my jam, right? Jack's playing? I think on, yeah. on how I might yeah. old. I think Justin might yeah, yeah. playing on it yeah. actually because she did it. She did her um, spoken word thing with Jack. Yeah, but um, no man, you listen to Lana's Howl. I heard things in Howl from a feminine perspective. That I mean, my poor Ginsburg. He was such a gay man, you know, yeah. whatever. But every gay boy and every girl can hear Howl now. And Kurt had that with them um, when he did Unplugged and he was going to do the Meat Puppets. Yeah, I'm like those guys suck. What are you doing? And he played me. It's like, no, their songwriting's really good. And he played me like, you know, where do bad folks go when they... I was like, somehow he Spielberged it. Do you know what I mean? Like, like same with Lana could do that. Spielberged it. But she's a genius, too. Yeah. She's got the integrity that yeah. Kurt had. You know, like, the, yeah. the only two people I know that I can say that I know, you know, because I don't know Neil Young, whatever. Yeah. I don't, there's two people that I know that I love that are honorable and good friends. Yeah. And, um, my God. And, and by the way, Stipe, Bono, Yes. These are people that I know and love. Billy yeah. Joe, sure. Yeah. But Lana? Yeah. She's got a magic thing. Yeah. And she's not even fucked up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So actually, she would only listen to things on, I want to just get to my family here. We were had a day off, of course, in Portland, and she'd only listen to things on vinyl. And she described a record she wanted to make to me. And I'm like, oh, you mean Hissing of Summer Lawns, which I don't even like that record. Yeah. But she's like, what's that? I'm like, it's a Joni Mitchell record. She goes, who's that? Wow. I know. We're in Portland. And this was my one contribution that I'm very excited that I was able to make. <laughs> yeah. I went out in Portland, which is nothing but vinyl stores now that it's Portlandia. I got her all the Joni. And you know what? Yeah. Changed her fucking whole thing. <laughs> And so then, like, like my boomer, my boomer rock critic friends are calling after Norman Rockwell. Hey, your friend, she's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Right, like, and I said, they're like, welcome to the Thunderdome, Ms. Del Rey. Even Springsteen. Yeah. He goes, she's our greatest songwriter. I'm like, dude, you're in. This is crazy. <laughs> Don't go insane. Yeah. And so, she hasn't. You know, no, she got out of the overculture. No. She's out too. She deleted all her social. Fuck that shit. Yeah, you know, sure. you can't keep sober with that shit. I guess that's true. You know, you can't, man. Yeah. So the doc. Oh, oh and in Portland, also when we opened yeah. for, I hadn't met see my sister forever, uh, my lawyer sister that I didn't pay for college. Not uh, the one from like, San Diego, the other one. Yeah. Anyway, Jamie is her name. She's yeah. cool. She's a lawyer. Yeah. Um, lives in like a you know many million dollar. I used to work at like in Palo Alto, like Cisco, whatever. Yeah. You know, cybersecurity. Yeah. Married a Yale guy, but I meet my four year old niece. And she's trans, right? And Jamie's like, she's trans. These are the pronouns. I'm like, yeah, no, I know. Of course, my family. And Jamie's trying to put her on Ellen, and there's no dissent. And like, that is my 
family. Yeah. And then, you know, I have my, my black brother that my, my um, Frank and Linda adopted from Tennessee when he was three, that then my mother just changed her mind about and left him in New Zealand. Wow. In the 70s, which didn't really have African Americans. And do you know that guy? Yeah, I'm friends with him. Yeah, he's oh, my brother. Okay. Yeah, Joshua. Yeah, he's my fucking brother. I like him, yeah. by the way, a lot. Not all of them I like. Well, yeah. I don't dislike any of my half-siblings. I just don't know a lot of them. Yeah. You know. And, you're, and your folks, are they're both gone? No, Hank died. Right. So your Hank mom's died. still around? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's more problematic to do the... Forgiveness? The, the hero's journey. No, mm-hmm. more hero's journey to like romantic... Like, I do respect... That she walked away from the male gaze. Yeah. Like, I didn't see an ugly vista, an ugly town, or an ugly man. Yeah. Except some of the naked hippies, but her husbands were all gorgeous. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, but like, I wasn't allowed to watch the Oscars, Cher, no Barbie, yeah. Disney Evil, you know, all that shit. So, of course, I wanted it, you know, yeah. when I grew up. Do you ever feel like, because I, you know, do you know Rob Delaney? Who's that, that? He's an actor and a comedian. He's, he's uh, I, I just talked to him earlier today. No, I, we no. Talk, well, he's good, but we, he's just written a book about losing his uh, his son. We were talking about grief. Do you have do you have waves of grief? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I did the other night. You do? It just comes. Yeah, I feel really bad about hurt sometimes. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I've done it all the right way or yeah there's no right way you know and so public you know yeah. and so public yeah and then I had to go on tour yeah so I am thankful for those shows though because they were crazy cathartic you know yeah. whatever the fuck was going coming through me was yeah you know, a lot of rage yeah and, you know uh, yeah I mean of course of course I do yeah of course I do do you, do you and Francis ever talk about it yeah 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 well, I mean often, you know, a lot of times she you know especially after Carrie died I think I was reassessed because Francis's oldest friend is Carrie's daughter, Billy. And I think like the kooky mom thing, mm-hmm. I think I might've been reassessed a little bit um, on the dial. Yeah. I mean, Carrie dying was so fucked up and horrible and it's weird because she, yeah. Anyway. Carrie uh, Fisher, how old was she? 60. Wow. 60. And she died on the plane taking off. Ugh. And then we were told like she was alive at UCLA, but she died in Lufthansa, like whatever. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I went and sat in her seat which was terrifying. Yeah. Um, that like when I was staying at the hotel, the ex-boyfriend's hotel, she lived in that room. Yeah. Mm. She'd been my neighbor for many, many years. So when I became a movie star, the estate was like, oh my God, you know, Edward Norton's coming up here. His dad was a former, we better do something. And they gave me like $10 million, go away. Yeah. Which I did. Yeah. Like I'm like, okay, fine. And I bought a nice house next to Carrie. Yeah. And our daughters became, they're born um, a month apart and they're really, really tight. And so I feel like yeah, I mean, Francis often thanks me for like sticking around. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm I, glad. I'm glad I stuck around too. I'm glad. You know, she, I'm glad she's out of the hole because she had a record deal and you know two record deal. And, like, I, you know, I think she feel, came to the conclusion I'm not built for this shit. Yeah, and what and about what it is now? Yeah. Isn't getting it's not getting famous anymore. It's like it's the overculture. You're like you're looked at a 360. Yeah. Way. Yeah. To be uh, yeah. able to like be a product. I mean, you can't yeah, represent can't. values. You yeah. can't. You know, you've got to be, I don't know, a fucking Disney product. Yeah, I don't even know how. You have bops, to be, you have to, bops. right, but you also have to have some sort of infrastructure of people to, you know, kind of yeah, run yeah. the whole situation. I don't understand. Yeah. I can't wrap my brain around it quite. Now, what about with the other Nirvana guys? You I'm bad? Real, You're okay? Yeah, we're cool, yeah. Oh, good. I feel like also, you know, like, you know, remember, like, Pat Smear is my oldest friend. Right, right? that's right, and yeah. Like, so, like, 
Uh, actually, one of my oldest friends, Joe Mama, showed me in 1983 La-dee-da in the LA Weekly where Pat, who are my, one of my last names to be Loveless, like yeah. JD, right? Yeah. Um, and he's like, no, love's way more popular. I'm like, I don't want to be popular. He's like, no, I trust me on the love thing. And then he whips out that um, uh, Robert Indiana, like, love statue sure. that had been Darby Crashes. When he yeah. was like, you know, big 19-year-old dead. Yeah. Sure, what did he die at 20, 19 Yeah, something. very young, yeah. Right. And, you know, also, this is, um, I may, he didn't want to do it, but he, I'm like, give me a germ, ger- germ sperm. There's my germ sperm. A germ. A germ burn is when a member of the germs in the eighties in LA oh, right, would right. put a cigarette out on your skin. Oh right, germs. But uh, in nineteen eighty three, it says like uh, literally it's eighty three. Like the fi- fishbone and the peppers have played that night, like they have every night since nineteen twenty. And the Dickies have played Nutsberry Farm, and it's gotten ten, you know turned. And like, there's all these names, and then uh, Pat Smear from Vagina Dentata and his friend. Ms. Love and just as that yeah but that's my first time in Lottie Doc because I sent it to my my oldest gay friend and, I, and I'm like commenting I fucked him he's fat what a cunt <laughs> blah blah look I know whose coattails I'm writing on so and I remember Kurt like just being like do you know anybody happy that could be in my band and I I really didn't and I was like uh, yeah I was like I do I know a dude he's working at the SST Superstore with the the guy I married that one time, retail, yeah. he's in the germs. He's maybe not the world's best guitar player. I don't know now, but back then, I'm like, but he's really happy. Yeah. And then I called. And like, yeah. weirdly, the narrative has gotten like, yes, that happened, but maybe murky-ish because, you know, market forces versus Courtney things. Yeah. Which will get corrected. I'm sure, not worried about eventually. It. But yeah, no, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Pat Smear. Oh, yeah. How about that shit? It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then Dave, you know, went through this whole fucking thing. So, Pat's gone through losing a band member three times uh, with Taylor. Yeah. And Dave's gone through this. And, like, you know, man, it's just like, we're, yeah, we're done. Our yeah. kids are going to be doing business together. Yeah. Their kids are going to be doing business. Fuck this shit. Yeah. You know, I, no. But, the, but I will say this about Grohl yeah. it's annoying. The narrative is so strong that people like to do. Yeah. Just so like if you if you dig into it, because I'm friends with Stella McCartney, if you dig into like Yoko and 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 Paul and Linda, yeah, it isn't what people think. Of it course is. And, not. And by the way, if you watch that Peter Jackson, yeah, there it is. They're right, all hanging out, fucking girlfriend, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. But the Yoko thing is strong, and like um, I think people, I I, I can't do anything bad. It's got to be Grohl. Grohl's got to be the bigger man. Yeah. He's got the male privilege. Yeah. You know, when I came in out of recovery five years ago, my sober companion is a guitar tech. He's like, Court, the Foo Fighters are the biggest band in the world. I'm like, No, they're not. <laughs> like, how do what? Yeah. They don't sell more than you two. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They don't sell more. Well, Van Halen were the, I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah. And and then my friend was like, He's been their guitar tech. He's like, We went to see them. In, in France or something and uh, we went to dinner and we had dessert and wine and we came back and they were still playing they, 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 he's an athlete they played <laughs> yeah. five hours a night wow and I was like how many albums and listen I hadn't paid attention to anything sure. for a long time yeah. 20 some records I'm like oh my Dave's I'm really the same way. how did that happen yeah. Dave got so big anyway Taylor died and uh you know, we were cool before then, but when Taylor died, I feel like we had a really good talk. Okay. Oh, you know, so I was like, look, we weren't brats. Right. This isn't your fault. Yeah. You know, some have a propensity to opiates. Yeah. And they were like, they weren't just growing on trees, they were being thrown at us, Absolutely. lobbed at us. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm not saying I'm not taking responsibility for my part in no, my I disease. No, I get it. I get it. But, but yeah. I am saying that, you know, that thing with Taylor was a fucking one off. 
Could go shitty for any of us one of those well, nights. Well, now even more so with the fentanyl. Well, like, yeah, who the fuck that's knows? my point. That's when I'm saying those talking yeah. points about psychedelics. It's like with, with this whole fentanyl meth thing like and P2E meth. I mean, listen, I did crack for a while. If you ever want to ruin your life, like trust me, do crack for nine months. Like yeah. nuke the whole damn thing. But holy moly this yeah. stuff and then fentanyl can be in blow yeah i have a movie star That's, friend oh yeah they died he people died a, they i know dropped i have dead. a movie star friend who was at a party in the hills recently and two people died of yeah. coke fentanyl. It's fucking they're fucking crazy it's fucking nuts I, I so what i'm saying is i think that spiritual recovery is really really important but, but having having reassessed some of the psychedelics i don't want to do psilocybin but i think lsd i think psilocybin i think esketamine i have a friend who's in the program and yeah. her, her sponsor signed off on mdma trauma therapy you know sure i i tried that uh you know emdr did you ever try the emdr no what is that is that a drug no it's a the, it's a therapy where it's okay. a trauma therapy what that is they, it tapping yeah a little bit of tapping tell me what it is well know. they they give you either uh sensors that you hold on to or they use a light and wait what are you we do... talking about Scientology now? no 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 oh, it's uh it's a, it's a process that kind of moves your trauma centers uh to the other part of your brain so you don't hit them all the time okay. so you go through the trauma you do this sort of like this psych uh this light thing it's not hypnosis i can't so, like, quite you're explain kind of it. A light like this. Yeah, yeah it takes it so and you you go through these points where you you tell, talk about the trauma and you evolve the, the vision of what you're experiencing in it as you do this other process and apparently it sort of disarms it so you can't keep hitting it like it's a goddamn uh, you know like a, you know, a drug because that's what yeah. we do with trauma I mean, you, you, you keep you, it you're fresh you're supposing I'm deep enough to go into my super real trauma like, like the, the trauma that really triggers me is the financial assault and then and then that I just don't talk about sure. it don't deal yeah. with it don't right. deal with Kanye going through it you know, yeah whatever. yeah yeah if I don't deal with it and don't say anything about it, like the whole Britney thing drove me insane. It was the same people tried to do the same thing to me in a different fraternal yeah, twin yeah, of yeah, yeah. conservatorship so they could get Bruner, Bruner, poor Kurt, yeah. his publishing. Yeah. Um, and lame and likeness and all those things. Um, but, you know, that was super triggering. Even yeah. though I was really helpful with Samantha Stark who did both of those documentaries. Yeah. My motto for the New York Times is this. Yeah. For the whole New York Times, the whole New York Times, everything. Yeah. Barely there. Too late and just enough. Yeah. And I've seen that with Harvey now and I've seen that with Brittany. That should be under their, the New yeah. York Times. It, for, you know, yeah, forget the, the Pierce family the having Teddy Roosevelt's yeah. thing and Shakespeare. Barely there, too late, yeah. and just... I don't know about politics, but I think I might be right there. Yeah. Maybe. You want to go smoke and, like, I think we talked it through. Wait, no, we didn't do anything funny, though. Like, when you and Bradley Whitford, like, <laughs> I need to kick his ass. Like, you were fucking laughing about Molly's. I can't go deep enough into my trauma. I can go deep into my money trauma. You're okay. We did good. I don't think so. I think we did good. Were we funny? Yeah. All right. You, I mean, but, you know, the thing that's amazing to me. I, mean, I don't give interviews a lot. And, like, you, just, you find yourself telling yourself narratives that, like, there's lies, and that's why I don't do them. Well, I don't feel like there were, there's, I didn't feel that. I feel what happens is, is like, you know, you're almost, um, you know, in terms of the origin stories and, you know, everything that you've been part of or seen or even just walked through yeah. are all integrated into this sort of like, you're, you're like sort of a walking mythology. You're, yeah, you're you know like what I a, think? I think, you're a vessel. I think that Woody Allen didn't even know what Zelig was about when he wrote Zelig. <laughs> like, I got too much Zelig shit. And that's female privilege. Yeah. Like, you've been left out enough. Yeah. You, know, you got picked last on the football team long enough yeah you've been the like the pariah but also the teacher's pet yeah. long enough eventually you start to get the wisdom yeah to like go like all oh, that shit didn't even piss me off anymore but you move through so many worlds yeah 
Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah. Before you knew and then after you knew. Yeah, and I think this documentary is going to be about this record, my history, and what's great is that when I called Todd Phillips, because I wanted Todd Phillips to do Kurt. You know, if anybody, I felt like anybody could handle Kurt. If he could handle Joaquin in that fucking situation and not die, either of them. You know, like, and I, I know. I was in that movie for a minute. You were? In Joker. I, you're, that's right, you were. I was the were. TV producer. Right, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he cast great. Yeah. You know he took Starsky and Hush off his IMDb? And I was like, Sullivan's travel, motherfucker! That made me laugh when I was sad. Put it back on. But anyway, he's doing Joker 2 now. Yeah. But when I called him, so so A, I bugged him about doing Kirk because I didn't yeah. feel anybody else. I didn't feel any, I him I trust, right? Yeah. Like For Brent the Morgan, doc or for the for, feature? For feature for yeah. Kurt. And he thought about it. He really did. Yeah. But I can't compete with Joaquin going over there playing backgammon every day. I mean, I'm not... Anyway, yeah. he was incredibly considerate. He's like, I don't have the bandwidth. And yeah. I was like, will you produce it? I don't have the bandwidth. Yeah. Uh, we, okay, we stayed friends. And then when uh, when shit went south, whatever, I just I was like texting him like, do you want to produce my 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 movie executive producer he's like hell yeah i was like yay so let me tell you my two favorite things about todd phillips other than uh starsky and hutch he should put the fuck back on his student film is gg allen hated yeah yeah okay then he goes and he goes like this hilariously successful ivan reitman that he's producing for a very long time and he, he had no reason to get off of that yeah i love that he was like Fuck it. I'm unsatisfied spiritually. Kind of like Russell Brand walking yeah, away. Nobody yeah. kicked him out. Yeah. It wasn't enough for him. Yeah. I was at the din- dinner that Russell Brand got his first role at. Like, I threw that dinner for him. Yeah. So, to see him walk, I love that shit. Yeah. But Todd was like, you know, I'm sure Joaquin hung up on him 70 times, right? Fuck you, franchise. Yeah. No, we can do whatever we want. But then my third favorite thing, other yeah. than taking the shot on himself yeah. and Joaquin, is that he dated Paris Hilton way out loud when it wasn't cool to date Paris Hilton. <laughs> like, he is a fucking solid dude. Yeah. I love that guy. He's Good. like another Milos, like I yeah. love, or JD. Yeah. Talk Good. great. And actually, I, I, I met them meet, and they, JD's like, Oh my God, I love him. I yeah. think they love each other. Oh really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't. I haven't talked to Todd since the movie. Really, we we were going to do an interview, but it didn't happen. Yeah, he's he's the best. Um, it's Todd Phillips, it's Crash. Yeah, uh, it's these cool girls here called yeah. Dorothy Street, and I, it's either. I think it's going to be uh, Endeavor. I think. I think Endeavor. Astrid, Endeavor, maybe. Or, or there's, there's in terms three. of. Well, there's a new player in town. Ralph Lauren's son is making movies now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, J- so JD's on it. Yeah, no, I, I said to him, like, did you start Crush Films to have a failure? Yeah. Sia, $27 million for, like, you won a Tony and a Plague, buddy. Like, you know, he's got a really cool guy in there. And he's like, no. I'm like, exactly. Yeah. We're going to make Crush Films a big thing. All right. Beautiful. All right. Good talking. All right, man. You too. There you go. Courtney Love. Did you get, how was that for you? Happy New Year. Bag it up. Where you at? Who am I, killer bees? Happy New Year. Bag it up. Bag it up. You got bag it up. Uh, that was exciting, Courtney. So hang out for a minute, will you? As a recommendation from the archives today, you can go listen to a show we did five years ago, episode 877, Mark's Family. This was an episode we did over the holiday week to line up with people spending time with their families. It's a collection of my phone calls with my mom, dad, and brother from over the years, and Brendan says it's one of his very favorite WTF episodes. Let me try to get my dad on the phone and get that out of the way. Let's just give him a call. Please enjoy the music while your party is reached. Oh, come on. Money, money, money. 
Hello. Hey, Dad, it's Mark. Uh, Dad? I got the wrong number? Probably I, I don't. I'm not as old as you. You don't have any kids? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of thought that was a weird musical choice for my dad. I apologize. Yeah. Bye. This is Dr. Marin. Please leave a message. Thank you. Hey, Dad, Mark. Uh, shit. Uh, happy birthday yesterday. Fuck. Uh, I, I don't. I'm sorry I missed it. I just. Um, I didn't remember. I guess you really didn't have that much impact on my life. I, you know, it's kind of your fault. I should have. Uh, you know. It's your fault that I didn't remember. That's what I'm saying. All right, but I love you. And uh, maybe next year. Am I right? Oh, fuck. I better call you. You're going to misunderstand this message. Hello. Hey, Dad. How you doing, man? Hey, sorry. Hey, happy birthday. I'm sorry I forgot. I just uh, I didn't seem to give a shit. <laughs> you can listen to that episode right now for free on all podcast apps. That's episode 877, Mark's Family. If you want access to all WTF episodes ad-free, sign up for WTF Plus by clicking the link in the episode description or go to WTFPod.com and click on WTF Plus. On Thursday, I talk with Eric McFadden. Eric McFadden is a kid I knew way back in the day when I was growing up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I thought he was much younger than me, but he's only a couple years younger than me. When I was in high school, I used to work at a bagel place called the Posh Bagel. Next door to that was a guitar place called the Guitar Shop. Uh, both This was in the, in the 70s, in the late 70s, and Eric was this kid that used to run around uh, playing his guitar. He'd walk around with his guitar you know, on the street and wore a headband. He looked like a little Hendrix. And he was just this kid I knew, and I'd see him all, you know, all at the Frontier Restaurant in Albuquerque, and uh, he was just a guy I knew, and I have in my memory, and I've had, you know, experiences with over the years in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I, he's he's a guy, he's a guitar player, he's had many solo albums, he's toured with the Animals with George Clinton, and you know, I kind of reconnected with him, and. Uh, and we had we just had a conversation about growing up in Albuquerque, about where he's at with with his musicianship, what it was like to tour with George Clinton. It was great, uh, and his solo work. He's he's now touring with uh, with Kate Vargas, I believe her name is, um, and you know he's got a new record out. It's just you know you just don't know. It was great. You know we were kids together. I mean real kids. So that's happening. Here's a little guitar I just pulled out. Here's some more mud with the 335 into the cranked up tubers.
Boomer lives. Monkey and LaFonda. Cat angels everywhere.